Welcome to the Family Photography Marketing Podcast, where we dive into the world of marketing and help you take your business to the next level. I'm your host, Fiona, a marketing expert with 10 years of experience in the family photography industry. And in each episode of this podcast, I'll be sharing my insights and strategies for successful marketing to help you navigate the ever-changing landscape of digital and traditional marketing techniques. So whether you're just starting out or looking to fine-tune your marketing approach, this podcast has something for you. So join me and let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Family Photographer Marketing Podcast. Today we are we 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 are be <laughs> I want to leave that in. Um we as in me am going to be ranting a bit about this idea of chasing ideal clients versus attracting to ideal sessions. So over the past couple weeks, I've been in kind of a mindset of consuming education because I'm sort of revamping things on the education side of my business. I'm heading into summer, so I don't have time to do one-on-one mentoring right now. So I'm trying to move all of the things I've learned over my latest mentor sessions back into the course and just have the course running. So I've just, when I'm in that mindset, I like to have people in my ear who are kind of doing the same thing. So I've been listening to some various marketing podcasts and I guess maybe it's different for artists, but this constant push to identify an ideal client as the first step has honestly confused everyone because it uncenters you as the artist, which your artistry is the most important thing, no matter what. Because like today we were talking, you know, I have my little Instagram subscription. And so the topic of our chat today was how to create your marketing around your ideal session. Um, And the amount of people who are thinking instead what they need to do is chase down this indeterminable person and kind of like shove their photography in front of that person's face and hope to draw them into the brand is just so confusing and makes us all feel like the worst possible type of salesperson because we're chasing. And this job inevitably, and I can say after 12 years, is full of hard stuff. It's full of comparison. It's full of sessions that did not go as planned. It's full of managing emotions. It's full of managing perceptions of your work from clients as they receive their galleries. It's full of a whole range of emotional things that go on throughout the time someone reaches out to you and you feel that super excitement about getting them on your calendar to delivering the gallery and hearing crickets, which if that happens to you, know that that's um, 1000% normal. And the vast majority of my clients never say anything to me. And I used to get really sad. And this is a tangent. I don't have my notes. This is just Fiona free tangenting around over here. So bear with me. Um, I used to get really sad about that. And then I realized that it's actually a forward moving process on the client's end. So they receive the gallery, they download the images, they're thinking what to do with them. 
in all the many, many sessions I've delivered, I've just learned that no news is good news. And I purposely don't ask for feedback in my email. So I don't say like, here's your gallery. Let me know what you think. Because one that just automatically puts an expectation in my head that I'm waiting for a reply and then inevitably sets me up to feel some sort of way when I don't get one. So just a side note about that. I'm just talking about the various range of emotions that we feel as we create art for other people. If you really think about what this job is, it is you taking something that you made and giving it to someone and then staring at them and being like, what do you think about it? That is really unnerving and very brave. So again, just like I said in last week's episode, you're out here, you're doing it, you're brave, it's awesome. But you have to like the work you create. That is what carries you through the shite of it. It just is. That is what holds you, that creates the bridge from feeling bad to getting back up and doing another session if you came off a session that didn't go as planned or didn't feel good. So the goal is to have as many sessions as possible that light you up as an artist because that is what's going to carry you through all the hard stuff. Once you identify what it is that makes up, like what are the puzzle pieces of an ideal session with you? What does that look like? What does it feel like? What did the clients do? What did they say? How did they react? How did they act? What was the location? What was the time of day? What sort of styling worked really well for you and the client? It's those type of elements that then you can break down and create marketing with. Instead of saying this very confusing idea of like, what would someone who drives a Mercedes SUV and shop at Nordstrom, what would they want? Who knows? Who literally knows what they want? They may think your work is sucks. So why would you go and chase them around where you might have people who are naturally attracted to the type of work that you want, wanting to learn more from you, but instead of just talking, educating, and handholding through the types of sessions that you love to create the most and attracting people to those, you're chasing. And that is what I see over and over. And it gets people real quiet because they try it. It inevitably doesn't work. It feels misaligned and icky and they feel like a weird salesperson chasing people that they don't even know actually like their work. And then it eventually leads to resentment and burnout. So if you identify and in the subscription thing on Instagram, which is called mini marketing school, I said that their task for the week was to identify just three elements of an ideal session. So like as an artist on the other side of the camera, you know that feeling when you're like, oh my gosh, this is going amazing. I love this. So for me in my business, and not all of us are going to have the same elements at all. I love a little bit of wild, playful energy from the kiddos. That just works really well with my personality that could easily overwhelm another photographer. So they may run their structure of their sessions or run their sessions to like have everyone in a state of calm. And I would say I'm, I'm a little bit more of a riler. So like I will rile kids up a little bit and then take that energy and put it towards snuggling, playing, and like interacting with their family per se. So if I have a family that is snuggly, playful, and open with me, 
So they're not afraid to really snuggle into each other. They're not afraid to touch each other. They're not afraid to get close and the kids aren't afraid to play. The parents are not dis- overly disciplining through that process and we're at a location with beautiful light. Like those are elements for me where I am in my own creative genius with my work. And each of us has our own creative genius. You could have a whole handful of photographers and everybody's going to be slightly better and worse at something. So it's about tapping into yourself and centering your art in your marketing. Instead of centering the chase of this ideal person, you can create. I talked a while ago in one of my episodes about content pillars, which can be really helpful. I talk about five education, connection, entertainment, motivational, and inspirational. So if you take the elements of your ideal session and you break those down into those content pillars and then build all of that around a seasonal marketing strategy of what you're trying to book in the next three weeks to three months, then you pretty much have a marketing strategy. Of course, I'm going to push you to have one of those elements of content or marketing be offline because I think it is absolutely so powerful to meet people in your actual community. So many of us are marketing as global influencers instead of local businesses. And I see that across Instagram as a whole in the family photography industry. What people are chasing more than local people who can actually book them, seeing them interacting and loving their work is chasing the likes, follows, and reposts or reshares of photographers all over the US or the world. So either way, that's energy that you're putting into your business and it may not be paying off the way you like because you're not operating as a local small business, which is what you are, unless you're like a traveling photographer, which you may be a traveling photographer in your mind, but if 80% of your clients are actually local humans within a hundred mile radius of your zip code, are you operating like that in your marketing? So if we tie it all back together, if you focus the energy on your art, which I'm giving you full permission to do, sometimes, especially as women, it can feel Like we shouldn't center ourselves in our endeavors. And it is very important that you center yourself, how you best create your art and step into the expertness of who you are as the brand owner and as the artist who creates the images and then create marketing content around that to draw people into your brand instead of chasing. So again, this is just such a helpful way for you to stay consistent because if you're focusing on only showcasing the types of sessions that you want to shoot more of, chances are those are going to have a through line of consistently consistency naturally. So for example, if you got talked into t- doing a session at a location or a time that you really didn't love or the family was very disconnected, one, you have no obligation to have that session enter your marketing atmosphere at all. And two, it wouldn't make sense to showcase that image if it does not hit the consistency variable that we're always looking for, especially when we're in growth mode. So one thing to remember, I always get this bit of, there's only one bit of pushback that I generally get about my marketing education. And that's people who say they do not want to niche. They want to 
do many, many different kinds of types of sessions and they don't want to niche down to one. So my thing is that, of course, you are free to do what you want. In my experience, it's easier to build trust around one niche and then branch out from there. There's many photographers that I know who have built out a very successful niche who also photograph other things. And because they've built trust through that initial niche or niche, or someone needs to come out and officially say how you pronounce that word, just like GIF or JIF. We just need a spokesperson to put their foot down. Until that happens, I don't really know, honestly, the right word to use. So we're just going with kind of both and switching them in and out. But if you build trust around that, what happens is people say, okay, this person consistently produces the type of art that I expect to see from her portfolio. And so I know if I book them, there is a very, very high chance that the images that I receive will be just like the images I fell in love with. Therefore, I do not have to be fearful of this experience. That's the client's number one pain point. If you branch out and you say, hey, I've been doing family for all this time, I'm now going to start doing whatever it is. The trust is going to be high because you're able to consistently produce a portfolio that is trustworthy. So I hope this slight mindset shift will help you think about how you're actually talking about your business and who you're actually talking to. So you don't actually know who you're talking to. All you can do is consistently showcase the art that you love to create and get your getting yourself on the other side of the camera, taking the photos of as many of those sessions as possible is what will carry you through the inevitable comparison crappy feelings, slumps in the market, dips in your own confidence. If you hate the work, you will never make it in this business because it's the love for the creation that will carry you through and has carried me through so many of these slumps over the last 12 years. So my challenge to you this week is make a list. Think about your last ideal session. I bet you can picture it in your mind. What were the elements of that session? How could you draw them out, create education around them, create inspiration around them, and draw people more into why that type of work is so important and allow them to see themselves in your work in that way? So if they're a family who never thought that they would keep their kiddos up for golden hour, how could you show them how important it is? I have That's the number one pushback to my business is that the session time is too late And so I have tricks and ways I talk about it where people are like, okay, she's the expert. I trust her and we're going to try it and it always works out. So that is my challenge to you this week and I'll see you next week. Mm